The Second Amendment Caucus aims to stop the assault on the rights of law-abiding gun owners and to preserve the rights granted in the Constitution. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The right of the citizens to bear arms in defense of themselves and the state shall not be questioned. Article 1, Section 21 of the Pennsylvania Constitution. These legislators are on target with the chairman of the House Second Amendment Caucus, Representative Matthew Dowling. Thank you for joining today's episode. I am with my friend and colleague, Representative Eric Devanzo from the 58th Legislative District that's parts of Westmoreland County, and he serves as a committee member on aging and older adult services, game and fisheries, gaming oversight, and the labor and industry committee where he's currently the secretary. And then I have a second guest today, which I'm really excited about. That's Val Fennell, and he's the PA director of Gun Owners of America, a group that is doing some great work here within the Commonwealth to protect your Second Amendment rights. Representative Devonzo, um, want to talk to you a little bit about House Bill 924. Now, this bill removes the character and reputation uh, areas from the license to uh, carry firearms application. Tell me a little bit more about this bill and what it does. Okay, so, um, you know, first off, thank you. Um, what the bill does is it would remove the character, uh, the reputational, um, from the uh, license to carry uh, firearms, uh, because we feel that sometimes, you know, these, these sheriffs are using these not to award uh, license to carry permits uh, for residents. The bill also would stop our um, Attorney General from, from pulling out of uh, reciprocal agreements from other states, uh, license to carry. And the bill also goes a little bit farther if a sheriff, you know, let, let's say they're sitting on an application for a year, you know, they're not letting people get their permits. This would put a time limit on it. And if the, if the applicant has to go to court for that and they are awarded their permit, they could go for the court cost to that sheriff. It's just another form of gun control. These sheriffs want to sit on this stuff you know, for years. And, um, and this isn't a problem in all counties. I mean, I, I want to make sure we know that there are sheriffs out there that are pro-Second Amendment and, and aren't using this as a device to belabor the process, but we definitely do have some throughout the Commonwealth that uh, maybe are a little more left-leaning and, and may not be doing that. Let's talk a little bit just about the reputation part of the uh, process and of the firearms application. If someone hasn't yet applied for a concealed carry mm -hmm, permit, mm -hmm. um, Val, will you tell me about that reputation part and, and what's that referring to? Right, there's in the law, there's a character and reputation requirement to make sure that the applicant does not, uh, will not act in a manner contrary to public safety, I believe is what it says. Uh, the problem with that is there's no bright line test, a, a legal bright line test for what is a character, a good character, a good reputation. So uh, what, what, what uh, an idea of one sheriff is for a good character and reputation or a bad character and reputation, what another sheriff may have may be completely different. And we want this to be uh, like uniform across the state. Uh, the, the, only, the other problem is if you want to challenge that, let's say you were denied based on a character and reputation uh, uh, objection that the sheriff had, is uh, unlike if you fail the background check and the PICS check, which goes to the state police, you actually have to take that to the Court of Common Pleas. And in Philadelphia, it's like a, uh, the licensing board. So it's a different process, which is backed up over a year. And so now you have to spend thousands of dollars for this arbitrary 
uh, uh, definition of you have not met the character reputation requirement. So that's a problem. Is that needs to be eliminated, and and it can just be a just a standard. Uh, you know, objective decision based on the PICS check, which includes a lot of things, you know, background check, criminal records, mental health. There's really no need for this, for this requirement because it's entirely subjective. One of the things I've heard before is that if a sheriff knows you to be, uh, you know, a heavy drinker, they could turn you down. But it doesn't require that you've had uh, a public drunkenness or DUI or any kind of formal charge um, so really, it's it is a very subjective thing exactly. that's happening that's right. uh, here with some of these sheriffs, and then we get into big, bigger counties where my question is: Does the sheriff really even know the person uh, to be able to kind of make that decision without any kind of background, which? like you're saying, would have already come from the PIC system. Or, or maybe he does know the person and has a personal vendetta against the person and then acts in, acts in a way to deny that person LTCF. Or worse, God forbid, what if he doesn't like your race or doesn't like your ethnicity? Uh, we should, I mean, that could come into play. We, we don't like to think about that, but it's possible. Definitely. And references. Uh, yes. You're currently required to have references. That, right, and that kind of ties in. I guess the, the reason the state police have that on the application is for this character and reputation uh, issue, but the problem with references is, is in the law, you cannot disclose who's applied for an LTCF or who has an LTCF. So by picking up the phone and calling the references, the, the sheriffs or in case Philadelphia, the gun permit unit, they are violating the law, the uh, confidentiality requirement of the law. And there was actually a case in Philadelphia, a class action lawsuit, which was Doe versus the city of Philadelphia. And uh, they, the plaintiffs won that case, and Philadelphia had to remove the references from their applications. But I understand they're requiring them again. It doesn't surprise me <laughs> in dealing with Philadelphia. But uh, that, that's, another, that's another reason to take it off. And not all, not all sheriffs are actually even checking them either. I mean, there's a trend to get away from checking references. Well, and as I was doing some research about uh, our inter interview today, I came across a Billy Penn article online from December 4th of 2018. Uh, reference checks for gun permits, small staffs, and privacy concerns make it tough or illegal. So, you know, there are already people writing about the fact that there are the legality issues, as well as the fact that, you know, my sheriff's office, they do a fantastic job, but we just don't have enough deputies or a budget for enough deputies to uh, do all mm -hmm. of the things that they're required to do. Plus, you know, now also go out and research uh, candidates that are applying for a concealed carry permit. So I know that's an issue as well. Mm -hmm. Representative DeVanzo, uh, we talked in the open a little bit about the reciprocity agreements. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to that. I, I know we want to talk about that yeah, uh, in our last few minutes here on the show today. Yeah. So what, you know, the last thing we want to do, we have these agreements to go from state to state. The last thing we want to do is lose them. And, you know, if we have a power-hungry attorney general, what's the first thing they're going to do? Um, you know, we're going to start pulling out of these without cause, just because, hey, I don't like, I don't like Virginia, I don't like a state, we're going we're to pull out of that. And, you know, uh, that's just something that we cannot allow to happen. So if they can't unilaterally do that, and while we're talking about this, I want to bring up um, a graphic that shows who we have reciprocity with and who we don't have reciprocity with. I know uh, sometimes when I pass out the printed version of this, people will say, oh, that's incorrect, or, you know, it may be a little bit outdated, and that's because of these unilateral uh, abilities to pull out, you know, it could happen very quickly without 
any kind of hearings or, or disclosure to those who have concealed carry permits, mm -hmm. law-abiding citizens, I like to say, that are trying to do the right thing that just aren't informed about a, a change like that. So what is the safeguard? If the AG can't unilaterally pull out, what do they have to do? Well, I think it should come to us, to be honest with you you know, the uh, General Assembly. Um, and, and to back up on how important this is, let's say I have a vacation in Florida. I put my gun in, we go down to Florida, and all of a sudden we don't know this, but we have an Attorney General pulled out of that. Because, you know, they're not going to broadcast this on the news, what they're doing. You know, this is going to be a silent move. Here, we're going to do this and, and go with it. But I ultimately think that it should come back to the General Assembly. But ultimately, we are free Americans. We have the right to keep and bear arms. That's where it ends at, as far as I'm concerned. Right, and, and, and we just talked about arbitrariness on the character reputation requirements, and this is another example of where the Attorney General has overstepped his bounds, which he has done in other cases as well. Like, for example, in 2018, removing unilaterally making a decision to remove Virginia from the uh, from reciprocity agreement. We had an agreement in place from 2007 to 2018 for 11 years, and he just pulls out of it uh, just unilaterally. Mm -hmm. Law-abiding citizens who are applying for concealed handgun permits in whatever state are not criminals. Criminals are not going to bother getting a concealed handgun permit. So you're only harming law-abiding Virginians who want to travel to Pennsylvania. Correct. I mean, you're not, you're, not, you're not accomplishing anything. So this is another example where there's the, the bias of the Attorney General comes into play, and I think this is a corrective action that the Attorney General cannot unilaterally pull out of, of an agreement. Uh, and then there's accountability built in where he has to cite the reasons in the bill if he cannot reach an agreement with another state. Yeah. And, and ultimately, we should have constitutional carry. I mean, there's, there's no reason to have permits at all. Why should the government uh, take a constitutional right from you and then sell it back to you in the form of a permit? <laughs> yes. That's what it is. Well, unilateral actions are something that I know our constituents aren't happy with, uh, you know, looking aside from the gun legislation over to the fact that the governor has been unilaterally controlling things through this pandemic. Yep. There, uh, you know, is, is a question on the ballot right now that speaks to uh, the ability to do that. But, you know, one of my favorite things about being in the General Assembly is that we are kind of the politicians at the state level that are at your closest level, uh, you know, especially in the House where we're serving less than 68,000 people. We are elected to be your voice and should have a voice in discussions like this. It shouldn't be unilateral in, in pretty much anything that we're doing here in the Commonwealth long-term. Uh, and going back to pulling out of these agreements, that's definitely one as well. Representative Devanzo, I wanna thank you for being with me, but I also want you to share your contact information. If someone wants to get in touch with you or learn more about your bill, how can they go yeah, about sure. doing Yeah, sure, you can reach out to me at www.repdevanzo.com. Uh, also, please feel free to reach out to my offices. Um, I'll be happy to answer any questions I have. Well, thank you both so much. We've had Val Fennell, the PA Director of Gun Owners of America, as well as my friend and colleague, Representative Eric Devanzo from the 58th Legislative District in Westmoreland County. Thank you for tuning in. This has been On Target. For more information, visit Representative Dowling online at www.repdowling.com or find him on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. This has been a production of the House Republican Caucus.